Good morning, and welcome to the broadcast of the First Baptist Church in Riverton, Kansas, where the mission is to serve the community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're so glad you could join us today as our pastor, Aaron Williams, shares a timely message from God's Word. At FBCR, there are several ministry opportunities that you can be a part of. These include the food pantry and commodity distribution, which provides assistance to those who are experiencing a food shortage in both our community and the four-state area. In addition, our worship team, now known as Fire of FBCR, provides music each and every Sunday morning during the worship service. The team is growing and welcomes new talent as God provides. This includes either singing, playing a musical instrument, or being a part of our technical crew. And a third ministry opportunity involves the crisis team, which is available to provide assistance in case of a fire, flood, or any other unforeseen emergency. Please contact the church office for details on these ministry opportunities. Now with today's message, here's Brother Aaron. Amen. If you have your Bible, would you please open to the book of Exodus? We'll be in chapter 3. I'm very excited to share this with you been such a tremendous help to me this week. I know that sounds kind of selfish, but what good is it to the people if it can't help the preacher, right? (laughs) We're going to be in Exodus chapter 3, and before we read a number of scriptures and make some legitimate points, I want to slow down a little bit this morning. And I'm very excited because this text of scripture directly deals with our lives when we are unsure either where we've been or where we're headed, and how God can pull all of these things together to get us there. This text will teach us about the man Moses and God Himself. will teach us about seasons. And again, I just want to slow down and be really soak this in because in a practical way, I have struggled greatly since God asked me to pastor. So in a couple of years, I've struggled with just kind of the ministry set of tools and gifts he gave me. And, and it's just been really hard internally. But this week, this text has laid to rest that issue in me. I'm so glad to be serving God that he could make way. And I'm, I'm glad to be serving you. Amen. Um, such a great group of people. You're humbling yourself before the Lord. And it's clear to me, I can only imagine what God sees for each of you internally, as you, you go home, you make adjustments, and then you come back, and I see fruit, and I'm just broken, because I, I pray for you. This isn't about seeing if we could build a business. This is about whether we could come together and let the God of heaven dwell among us when we worship, and then send us away with such hope, not only for our own life, but for others, that once again he could represent the light and salt to creation that all of us need. It also brings us to a realization, no matter what season of life we are in today, there's nothing like eternity that awaits us. And this is humbling. It's especially humbling for one, if they were to pursue all they could get in this life. But I don't see that among the people that I'm serving today. I thank God for each of you. But I do wonder what it is that God's asked you to do. And when you come out of the womb, what it was He was wanting you to minister for His glory in. And in a very practical way, He can plug you into a body, not just the church. Now, it takes that body to function, but it should go many places into the world and begin to give direction. So 
Again, before we read, we're going to be dealing with Moses this morning. So we have some people who maybe you don't know a lot about the background. So I want to just talk to you for a minute about where we're at as we get to this text in chapter 3. And then we're going to read that text and we're going to pull some truth and some statements that God made to Moses and some statements that Moses made to God. Because after all, each one of us, as we approach the Lord, we're wanting to hear something from God. And maybe He has really laid upon your heart certain things that maybe it's been years ago and He put in your heart, you would be doing this and you've never seen it. Or maybe you've come recently to the Lord and and you just feel like there's this area that God's asking you to work in and, and function in ministry or a certain ministry need that needs you. That's what this message is about today. And we're going to use the tapestry again of Exodus 3. It's Moses. Moses faced a lot of difficulty. Many times you hear about Moses, you think about the Ten Commandments. You think about a man who could stand before hundreds of thousands and stand for the Lord, but his life wasn't always that way. And when Moses was young, we know that during the time of Joseph, there was uh, the children of Israel uh, had some kind of ease with Egypt because they respected Joseph. But after Joseph, there was a new leader. And after this new leader came, there began to be this number of Israelites, or Hebrews, if you will. And because of that number, the Egyptian leader got a little bit nervous and said there may be more of them than us. And if an army came, they could really cause us difficulty. And so because of that, we're going to have to control the number of Hebrews. And so they're actually a plea for the midwives to start killing the Hebrew children at birth. And they weren't doing this because they were responding to the Lord. And then that didn't work. So they decided they would drown the Hebrew children, the boys, in the Nile River. So if you think about abortion and all of those issues today, but think about Egypt doing the very same thing, just throw the babies into the water. And so this is where Moses is born in this environment. Moses comes in, born into Egypt uh, in this environment of as soon as he comes from the womb, someone should just kind of go out and throw him in the Nile River. That's a practical what he was born into. Now his mother, you probably have heard the story, if you've not been around church, what happens is they put him in a, kind of a little basket and set him alongside the river and they come and found him and he ends up, uh, Pharaoh's daughter raises little Moses. And so up until the time he was 40 years old, Moses spent in like luxury, lavish. I mean, he learned high education. He was a wonderful uh, in a wonderful family with all the amenities that you may ask for. He wasn't killed in the Nile. But at 40 years of age, an Egyptian was after a Hebrew, and Moses within him slew the Egyptian. And at 40 years of age, his life changed. Moses killed. At this point, he understood sin. He had lived 40 years. The next 40 years of his life would be spent in the deserts of Midian. And it was another 40 years before God would approach Moses with a burning bush. And really listen to this, because think of your own lives today. Maybe it seemed like a long time you've waited on or looked for or wondered about what God would do with your life and where He would send you. But Moses faced this time of Midian. Can you imagine the quietness that was out there as he raised the sheep and otherwise? There was no fancy preaching going on. Where has your life been? 
Can you see yourself in this? Maybe at one season there was this. And maybe it's not just like Moses, but you could see the seasons of your life. My prayer is the Word of God speaks to you today that God will encourage you that He wants to deal with you as He dealt with Moses. Let's, why don't we read the text now and get a, a good look. And we're coming up here to the end of the 40-year period. Now the burning bush. He's approached the burning bush. Here we go. Chapter 3, verse 1. I'll read quickly. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, and the priest, of Midian, uh, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert. And he came to the mountain of Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared in a flame of fire in the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, a bush burned with fire, and a bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I'll turn aside and see the great sight. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. He said, draw nigh hither and put off your shoes from your feet, the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses hid his face. He was afraid to look upon God. Verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of taskmasters, and I know what sorrow they have. I know that I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of Egypt and to bring them up. Do you notice that God came down to bring them up? Out of the land, under the good land, the large man with milk and honey, the place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, uh, Hivites, and the Jebusites. Kind of sounds like the town's close to us, right? <laughs> now, therefore, behold the... Now, listen to what God's saying. Let's put this in practice, because sometimes we read verse by verse, and everyone just kind of, after three verses, you kind of start, like, heading over here somewhere. Don't think about lunch right now. Are you with me? Okay. So what's happening is God is now going to approach Moses. I mean, what would you do if you head out into the desert, you've not seen anything but sheep, and all of a sudden the bush is on fire and it won't quit burning? Okay, here we go. Verse 10, uh, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people out of Israel and Egypt. And Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and should bring forth children out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with you. And this shall be a token unto you that I have sent you when you have brought forth the people out of Egypt, and you shall serve God on this mountain. And Moses said, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel, and they say to them, uh, and they say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, who shall I say his name is? What shall I say? And God said, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shall you say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me. Unto you. That's where I'm going to stop right there just for now. So if Moses spent 40 years learning sin in Egypt, he had all the pleasure and all that he needed. Really put your life in this position. Do you, can you think of a space of years where you could see your life kind of like that? It's seeming to be here. And then after that, what happened? How would you feel if you had committed murder and you thought you would be found out and Pharaoh would likely kill you if he found this out? So then you have to run for your life and you end up in the deserts of Midian. And what if you knew that you were going to be there for 40 years before you was going to get to have this encounter with God? So he learned Egypt. He learned sin in Egypt for 40 years. He then gets in Midian where he's by himself. And when we get to the times of our life where we are by ourselves and it doesn't look like God's doing anything, you know who we learn about? Ourself. We learn about us. And God needed to take this man from a place of pleasure and sin and all that he needed to the place where he could learn about himself and how much he didn't have. 
Can I say to you that any person, any preacher in this country, if they are full of their self, can never preach with power the one who gave all of himself and emptied himself for us. Jesus Christ came into the earth and emptied everything that he had of heaven to pursue our life. This is why we must humbly approach God and give back to him what he deserves. Notice here that in chapter 3, verse 8, that God came down to bring them up. And in our life situation, wherever you've been, God is willing to move first. He first loved you. People that say, I found God, that's not true. He found you. Anything lost cannot find itself. It needs a Savior. And God, when He heard the cry of this people who were working under the taskmasters, they were simply slaves, they'd been there all this time, God is identifying one person who can speak to a generation of people on His behalf. Now, God could have done this on His own. He could have put a hundred burning bushes in the town, spoke out of every one of them. He wouldn't need Moses. So what's He going to do in this generation? And Maybe He needs your life. Do you think He needs you? What value does your life have in ministry? Maybe God's tugged on your heart at times. And you thought, I really, when I was young, God, I really believed God would do this with my life. What was that? Maybe recently you said, He's really tugged on my heart that I should be doing this. What was that? Has God approached you asking you to go to somebody? Maybe it's individually. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's a group of people. I can say one thing. The pattern is God will come unto you. It doesn't just have to be a burning bush. It could be you're reading the Scriptures, you're serving, you're in prayer, you're on your way to church, and you knew in one moment God had spoke to your heart that this is what you were supposed to do. The point is, can God come down to your situation? The answer is yes. We had a man who lived in pleasure, committed murder, now is hiding among the Midian flocks of sheep. And now, God is approaching him. After he'd been quiet, how many nights had he laid on his back and looked up at the stars? If you were a sheep keeper in the deserts of Midian, how many nights would you lay there and look up at all of God's creation? Not a day, not a week I'm talking. I'm not talking about going on a retreat for the weekend. Forty years. How many times would he figure there's no hope for me in God? How many times did it run across his mind that there was just nothing good in himself? He now knows who he is. You know when we find out the most of who we are? When we're by ourselves. You want to really know what you're made of? Get by yourself and get under pressure and God will show you who you are. What do you do when nobody watches you? And this is the time Moses found himself in quietness and looking at the stars and seeing all that was there. And the the last but not least, he's going to spend the last of his life, the last 40 years, in a desert learning about God. So can I ask you this? 
Would you agree with me today that when you leave this service, whatever it is that God has showed you He wanted you to do for Him, that you would live from this day forward learning about what God wanted you to do, that you would just agree today in simplicity, no matter how many years or different seasons my life's been in, as of today, I agree by faith in what the preacher preached, not because of who the preacher is. The last thing this generation needs is some fancy preacher full of himself who's never been by himself in darkness to know a God holy enough to lift anybody up out of the pains of death and the seasons of life. What this generation needs is God in men and women who say yes to Him and then lets Him send them because of who God is, not who they are. And I believe God's stirring it right here in this church. How's that? I believe the greatest awakening America's ever seen can begin right here and other churches in this country that we make no excuses for an Egypt or for an America. We make no excuses for the seasons of our life, whether they're lonely or whether they are full of joy but that we will agree with the Word of God to be true, that Jesus Christ was the only begotten of the Father. He was born of a virgin. He walked in the earth. He died on a cross. He carried our sin to the grave and then was raised so that every one of us could be free of the bondage that this life would like to put upon us. Secondly, God said, Come and I will send you to Pharaoh. Try that out in your given situation. You want to go back to the very country? where you could be convicted a murderer. And maybe they've all died. The Scripture said everyone died that sought your life. But I'll tell you, there's still enough accusing of the devil and accusing of the brethren. You're not sure what you'll run into. And maybe if you've lived through a hard season, you're wondering yourself, how could you send me back to the place I tried to flee from? Isn't it like God to meet you in your circumstance and then send you to a place you came from? A place you don't want to be? A place you don't want to live? But what you don't know, they don't need you. They need the God in you because the God is the one that carried you out and He wants to send you back to give the same message to get them out. So the question is, is it hard to face our life circumstances? After we've come out of a place, could God speak to you to go back to those places and to a people in the same bondage to help them out of where they're at? If He's given you enough light in Christ to get out of that, Wouldn't He send you back to be the salt and light for somebody else? Number three, He not only asks Him to go back, but He gives Him an incredibly hard ministry. I want you to read these first four chapters this week and study. Simply, we can't hit all of it in, in our time allotted. This ministry was so hard, God said, you go and I'll go with you. And then he says to him, you're going to go and I'm going to bring my people out of this bondage, but guess what when you get there? Pharaoh's not going to do what you say. It's not going to look like he's believing the message. Now how, how would you feel if you knew today the ministry God's put in your heart, now all of a sudden you're faced with God telling you as soon as you get there and you've worked your first big message up and preached it wonderfully well that the leader of it was going to say, no. Would that make you want to go, Woo! can't wait to get there today? You know what I mean? 
I'll tell you, that's again a dying to himself, realizing that if you know God spoke to you, it will take God to keep you and give you strength. And we need to be able to preach when they don't applaud us. We need to be able to believe what God spoke to us enough that it grounds and settles our life to the degree that if all men were to come against you, you knew the voice you heard in your wilderness experience. And if you're facing even sickness today, I encourage you at the times you lay up on your bed and your mind would run rampant. Can I tell you that the carnal mind hates the work of God and the enemy will use it to give you fear and everything else. But would you lay there and think on these things, whatsoever things are noble and pure and honest and of a good report and think upon the God who's promised to you not only your life but the generations behind you. This is the difference of a Christian. And you're going to have to, in the moments of crisis, in the moments of pain, the moments of loneliness, he's, we cannot say He's all we need till when we get there. He's all we had left and He becomes enough for our very circumstance of life. So God was doing a lot of talking to Moses about what He wanted to do with him. And so far we didn't have an answer until you get going and and then you get to the 11th verse of the 3rd chapter. He says, Who am I? I mean, here I am. I'm keeping sheep. I did a lot of wrong. I've been alone. And God, I know you need somebody, right? Are you believing even in the place God asked you to minister? You agree that God needs someone to do it. I'm just saying He needs you to do it. This message is for you. This message is for you. You would maybe agree this certain group or this thing needs ministered to. God's asking you. But then is your response to Him the response of Moses? Who am I? God, don't you know who I am? Sure He does. Who am I? It sounds like my own cries of prayer. God, I agree. You need pastors and churches. And God, I'm I'm on this farm milking cows. I think our answer as a people at times, is God, who am I? And if you've spent enough time alone with God, the reason we give that answer is because I know that I'm not much. But I also know He's everything. I've lived in moments and seasons when He's all that I had and He was enough, and He's still enough. So he did, he, you know what God needed to say to me this week? They don't need you, Aaron. They don't need you. They need me. If you will preach and let them know I've come for them, no matter where they are or where they've been, I want to send them to somebody. If you're taking notes, number two is in chapter 4, verse 1. He said, they will not believe me. And don't you know he had to think that? He come from this people. There had to be rumors of how he killed someone at one time. But even if there wasn't that, do you really believe that the ministry God gave you, the people God sends you to, will actually hear you? Can I say to you, it's okay if you're not sure that they won't hear you. The question here is not whether they will hear. The question today is, will you hear from God? Will you hear? Will you let him come to you 
Because he wants to send you out. And this is last but not least that I wrote down. It's not last that's there. It's the 10th verse of the 4th chapter. He states his personal inadequacy. Any man alone in the desert for 40 years knows how inadequate he is. And Moses knows it as well. He said, I'm not eloquent. You want me to go speak to a nation, and I am not eloquent. And God replied to him, who made your mouth? (laughs) Other words, I made your mouth and I'll use your mouth. Again, Moses, they don't need you. They need me. But he was going to make an excuse on every side of why God couldn't use him. Are you making any of those excuses? See, I can't answer the question for you. I'm the messenger. I come today to ask you, has God fulfilled what He's asked you to do? See, there are many reasons and many things we do while we're in the earth and raising families and we get really busy, and I'm for all that. But I'm for putting the kingdom of God first and then letting all that be a byproduct of what I do for Him. Or you feel like today, I can't answer, but I can ask you, do you feel like today there's either been a time or maybe today's the time and the Lord's saying to you, I have wanted to use you but you won't let me. What do you think I couldn't do in you? I mean, in a real way, has God asked you to do some things? And maybe I don't even know it, and I serve with you every week, and maybe you're going to come to the altar, or maybe you'll call this week, and you say, Pastor, I want you to know this is where God has really spoke to me. Maybe you was young, and you never got to do it, and you got hurt. You went to a church hoping you could exercise what God had put in your heart but there was no avenue. I want you to know there's a place you can serve God here. There's a place you can function because my biblical responsibility is to edify and teach you the Word of God and equip you so He may send you to a world that needs Him. Where are you? He then said, again, we could agree that someone needs... Would you agree that this country needs some people sent by God? But what if God's starting here this morning? And I don't know it, but you've been praying or you was at work. And or maybe a whole long time, God just laid that upon your heart. This is who you are in me. Now, I know who you are if we talk and I ask you about your job and I ask you about your husband or wife or your children or who you're related to. But sometimes as a pastor, I'd love to have a conversation with you that says, who are you in the Lord? In other words, what's the burden you have? In a natural way, it won't be mystical. In a natural way, where does God give you a burden to serve? Can I help you with that? Because in the days ahead, you see, we preached for, on prayer for a period of time. And then there was discipline that came in in the home and the church and individual lives. And now we're moving into an area where God's going to instruct us on how to move and function as a church and be the body that He wants. And, and you're doing so tremendous. I'm excited. I, I know it's going to blow our minds when we see people in ministries and doing certain things. It's going to be like, whoa, that's the church of Jesus Christ. And so when someone sees you out meeting needs because God put that in your heart, 
years ago, and today a message like this that's so simple ends up bringing you into position where you realize it doesn't matter where you've been, but God just needs to get in you and get you where he needs to communicate with somebody that's been through what you've been through. Because either sin, grace is greater than our sin, or sin's going to tie us up like Egypt did Moses while he was in Midian. So he wants to make you free, not in the situation. In other words, you're going to get some uncomfortable situations, ministries where they may reject you, but he wants to give you the strength. And you need to have the solidarity that whatever he spoke to you was true and right. You need to be able to say amen to him, that he may at the end of the day say amen to you. But what he did was he said, I can't speak, so why don't you use somebody else? And that's how he ends up with his brother Aaron being the communicator. He said, so Aaron will be a mouthpiece and you will be a God unto him. But God didn't design. That wasn't his first plan A. And for you, are you finding yourself saying, well, I think God can just use somebody else. And it's true that if you don't move when God asks you to move, he does use somebody else. I'm asking you not to allow that to happen because God born you and brought you from the womb and lived in this world for the period of years you have so that he could perfect not only glory in you, but let you give back to him. When you respond to God in ministry, you're carrying the glory of God and your faith of Jesus Christ to someone's life. And maybe you've come right through the fire and the flame, but have you thought about how God wants to use you to see Send you back to that circumstance or situation. You need to know He's sent you, that His Word is in you, that His presence is with you, and last but not least, you need to know one thing. He said, who do I say sent me when I get there? He said, you, say, you tell them I am that I am. You tell them the I am sent you. And I'm going to say, I just can't teach on this, it'd be a whole other subject. But I'm telling you, the I am, when the I am sends you, no one's going to stop you. And this is the only place in life we can get where the I am has sent us into what he wanted us to do, where we can know the fullness of peace and joy in God. This is the place when you know for sure God asks, no matter how large or small it may look, it doesn't matter. When you are obedient to God in this situation, when you see the baby girls on here and God puts a commitment in you to start meeting needs or fellowship someone at their trouble, you hear of prayer needs and those that are sick in the body and you start spending time. This is a ministry. Maybe some of you have been prompted and you're saying now, Pastor, I have been prompted in the heart, but I've not moved on it to action. I really felt like someone else should do it or maybe my life's too busy or whatever it may be. God is asking you and wondering today, can you say that when you get there in that circumstance, even if it were to reject you, the I am has sent me? Because when he first got before Pharaoh, remember, he starts out and it's a big no. Let my people go. And all they did was make their work go faster. And one thing that happens in ministry with our lives is when we begin to start doing the will of God, be careful. Because the enemy will use the busyness of your life. The busyness will ramp up. You will see it happen. You'll get the freshest heart. You'll come to the altar and respond to God. And you may do that this morning. And all of a sudden, in the midst of that, oh, I'd love to serve, but there's like a whole bunch of overtime. And I'm not kidding. It will happen. The taskmasters will then begin to try to circumvent what you're to do. So in the midst of that, we must be praying and saying, Lord, as I put this first, I'm now being put to the test what is first in my life. And I want to confirm that in all areas. And I, it takes wisdom. I can't tell you what to do or not do, but God can instruct you. The same God that draws on your heart. And don't, again, don't think of a, a ministry as just being like Billy Graham preaching. That's a, who could do that, you know? But some of your lives, I'll tell you, you're going to spend time calling somebody, going by to visit them when they're sick. 
You're going to spend time feeding someone that's hungry. You're going to spend time taking some clothes that you thought were just used clothes to them. And then one day, Jesus is going to divide the goats from the sheep. And he's going to turn to you. And he's going to say, I was naked. And you clothed me. I was hungry. And you fed me. I was sick and in prison and you visited me. And you're going to say back, I never did that for you. And he's going to say to you individually, when you did it to the least of these, you remember that day you agreed and you came to the altar that you would do what I asked you to do? No matter how large or small it may look, that was the day when we really started to do this together. And I'm going to put you in a pasture with a sheep who can then say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters and He restores my soul. That means that this is the God that when we just agree to do His will, when you're lonely, when you're unsure, He restores your soul. Maybe at night you seem like it's fearful. And by the next morning, His mercy is brand new to you. I want you to exercise your faith there. I want you to exercise your faith in the pains and seasons you've lived through and let God minister. He's coming to you right now in this season, in this message. I'm not trying to provoke. I want the Word of God to speak. I ask you to read chapters 1 through 4 this week and bathe your heart in it. Ask yourself if you've also responded to God the way Moses first did, trying to get him to use somebody else. I'm not eloquent enough. They won't hear what I've got to say. Or will you just say, here I am, Lord. Send me. I know I'm not equipped. I know I'm not what I think you need. Because what lies in your heart when you say that is a sincere believer who says, I want your people to have the best. They deserve the best. But if we realize they get God and not us, they get all they ever hoped for. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. If you have a prayer request or any other need, we would love to hear from you. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 400, Riverton, Kansas 66770. Or call us at 620-848-3347. You may find us on Facebook and online at RivertonFBC.com. Our Sunday school classes begin at 9.45 a.m. with worship services at 10.45 a.m. In addition, small group Bible studies meet on Sunday nights in various homes within the community. Please join us on Wednesday nights for a community-wide meal at 6, followed by Bible study for all ages at 7. The church is located at 6895 Southeast Bluebird Lane, just two blocks north of the Riverton Quick Stop or one block south of Community Bank and Trust and one block west. This is downtown Keith Brown inviting you to join us again next Sunday morning at 8.30 for another exciting message from God's Word. Have a great week and God bless.